Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, a podcast dedicated to educating the Latino community about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. Yo, what's going on, Latin Wealth family? Welcome to the another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. And you guys already know today is Wealth Wednesday, where we're talking about a couple of different things in the news, in the world, and breaking it down from our perspective and helping you guys out as much as possible. Um, so very, very excited about today's episode. We'll be hitting on some things um, such as holiday spending, which is when this episode comes up, we'll probably be a week out from Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Christmas, and all that. We'll be talking about that and how you can strategically set yourself up you know, to obviously enjoy the holidays, but also be able to pay your bills on January 1st. Let's, let's, let's call it for what it is, right? <laughs> uh, but we're also going to be talking about the recent surges in the crypto prices, right? Ethereum, Bitcoin, they have been slowly creeping up um, recently over the, the past two weeks, really. Uh, they've been, you know, we've been seeing them go up a little bit. So we're going to be talking about that and why we've seen a surge in these different crypto assets. Uh, before we do two things, number one, if you have not checked out last week's episode, um, highly, highly recommend that you go back, watch that episode. Uh, we highlighted a very special Latino in our community, um, a legend. Uh, I won't spoil who it is. I want you guys to go back and check that episode out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast at. And the second thing is, you know, we got to check in on Jeremiah. How you feeling, bro? Feeling great, bro. Feeling good. Um, you know, I get excited whenever we have certain topics. So it's going to be a good one. Another one of those ones. So yeah, we're good. 100%. And another quick, quick update. Next week, you guys want to also tune in to Wealth Wednesday because we'll be having a guest on, our second guest for Wealth Wednesday. Um, I won't even spoil it what's going to be about whatnot. Just you have to show up next Wednesday, check it out, and it's going to be a phenomenal episode. But with that being said, we're going to dive into the first topic of today. And this is something that's been spoken about pretty much everywhere at different platforms and whatnot. Ethereum spikes 10% to its highest level in the past six months as BlackRock files for a spot ETF backed by crypto okay so we spoke about this it, it's funny two weeks ago we spoke about this and we we kind of were like hey this is probably going to happen the, you know blackrock is uh is trying to file for this and whatnot and here we are where it's 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 probably a, a sure thing now at this point right um yeah. we're gonna break this down what, what all this means and whatnot as you guys know or maybe you don't know ethereum is the is the world's second largest cryptocurrency by market cap right behind bitcoin so it's bitcoin number one then ethereum right and they hit they surged up about 10 percent as it hit a six month high um and i think right now it's hovering just above two thousand dollars right um and with that being said blackrock the biggest asset management company with over 10 trillion dollars in asset management they may have i think it's over 10 or 15 one of the two either one it, it's in the trillions and they filed for a spot etf on uh the nasdaq exchange so 
I know there's probably a lot of words in there and whatnot that don't make what? sense, but we're, we're going to, for the individuals out there that may not be aware, we want to always break it down so everybody can consume this information. Um, Jeremiah, can you break it down for us what that means? Just briefly, I know we spoke about it two weekends ago. So if you guys get the chance, check that episode out as well, but break it down for us real quick. Uh, so let's start with BlackRock. BlackRock is the largest asset manager in the world, right? Um, ridiculous amount of money in the trillions of dollars. And so the largest, and so initially when we saw BlackRock even file for the spot ETF, right? Um, for Bitcoin, you kind of knew it was going to happen. I think BlackRock was there. Vanguard was like second. So these are two major asset uh, managing companies and they own a large percentage of the majority of stocks and stuff in the U.S. And so when you saw that happen, I pretty much knew that it was going to be a definite mm -hmm. said it was coming. So we saw that coming. Um, now, as we look at the reason why, you know, Ethereum surges essentially is because we talked about ethereum being um having their own blockchain essentially right and it go it coinciding with bitcoin and so bitcoin is now stating that hey we're going to get the back end of blackrock which owns like 78 percent of the major um industries and, and stock shares of major industries in the entire world you get that backing that basically means that bitcoin is going to be world-renowned, internationally used, right? And even inside of the U.S., you'll start to see more integration into payment systems. Ethereum gets the boost because it's the second largest um, per volume, right? Actual um, uh, coin. And so would it be in alongside with BTA, BTC, which is Bitcoin, anything that's good for Bitcoin, it's like what they say, there's that saying, right? That um, high tides raise all ships. Mm -hmm. So whatever's in the crypto market and it's essentially Ethereum being right there next to and the next up, it's going to rise. So when that news came out, now everybody's saying, okay, Bitcoin is serious. You know, if you didn't think it was serious before, now you know that it's serious. And so, I mean, I was looking at runs like it was crazy. I think Friday through Saturday, um, it was, mm -hmm. I think there was like a 27, 28% gain all throughout the crypto market, right? People were super excited. You saw a lot of retail people getting into it, trading a lot. Um, it's settling out now a little bit, mm -hmm. but I would say that, that you'll, you'll continue to see some, some additional rising um, moving into probably the end of the week because we got, we got some things going on as far as um, we have some actual uh, reporting for it. Cause remember we talked about earnings, mm -hmm. there's some earnings that are coming out yeah, this week yeah. that people are waiting for and some key inflation stuff. And I think if things go positively, you'll see, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum just take that next level up and that next jump. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting and they're playing it perfectly because mm -hmm. this is the lot. This is the fourth quarter of 2023. I told you mm -hmm. by mid 2024, you were going to start, you were going to see the implementation of everything. So this is perfect. It usually takes about four to six months to see integration of an idea into, into a company and get it played out. And so this works pretty much perfect into that. All right. You come out in November and by June, you're integrating. A hundred percent. So talk to us for the people out there, out there that are like, yo, what, what is the benefit of a spot ETF? Right. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why can't I just go out and just buy some Ethereum on its own? Why can't I just go buy some, you know, Bitcoin? Why the sure. ETF? Um, well, let's be honest. So the actual thought process is, is to risk aversion, right? Is to, mm -hmm. you want to be adverse to risk. 
So if I can go and actually get an ETF that is a control assembly, like basically a controlled mechanism, and that'll cut out other, a lot of the risk versus me going straight to get Bitcoin or me going straight to get Ethereum, right? Um, in the market, in the crypto market, it's very volatile. It's more mm -hmm. volatile than stocks. Why is that? Because it never closes down. The crypto market is 24 seven. It never shuts down, right? And so it's very volatile. While you're sleeping, you could be losing money. Now in, in an ETF form, this is now creating a situation, like I said, this control mechanism, and it actually has controls and uniformity because now it's adhered to the rules of the actual stock market. So there's an open, there's a close, right? There's an end and a stop. You can have, you can call options. There's all these various things that you can do with it. And now it becomes implemented into a normal financial cycle. And so that's really why it'd be more advantageous to go toward the ETF side of things, mm -hmm. risk aversion and more uniformity instead of the volatility that you get, right? With just going and get Bitcoin or Ethereum in the crypto market. And if I'm not mistaken, with these ETF, you are protected as well. Your assets are protected. So well, I think. Yeah, to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Yep. To what degree? Uh, well, that depends on how much that you're putting in. Now, mm -hmm. usually on an ETF, right, you basically have a, a SEC or a federal protection level. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's a tier that goes with that, but that's based upon there's some there's some background stuff. It's not just a set amount mm -hmm. because there are some things that you can do to disqualify yourself from your end but there are but there is a sec or federal protection so you'd have to investigate a little bit deeper how you do with your brokerage or whatever your decisions are as far yeah. as you know what that and that goes. that protects you from fraud and correct um, scams and whatnot that, that and, doesn't protect mm -hmm. you if bitcoin or ethereum goes to zero it right it's fraud it scams so that's another reason why um <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, it's, that's another reason why, you know, ETFs, you know, um, could be, you know, something, something very valuable for people, especially folks that are older. I don't want to have to yeah. deal with the volatility of these different crypto assets and whatnot. They can just put their money, their savings into an ETF, right? Um, I think that it would be a lot more beneficial for them. It's less concern or less, uh, less worry that you have to worry about. Let's say that mm -hmm. your, your grandparents or your parents. Um, are actually hip to this and they're looking for something that's, um, what, what can I say, that it has the opportunity to gain very rapidly, but then again, has some underlying control systems to it, then this would be, you know, pretty solid, pretty yeah. solid idea. And Chris, I saw you, you tried to, you hit me with the, with the, with the fishing rod there. <laughs> I, I didn't bite this time. No, I'm going to just, uh, yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, now, what I was, what I was going to ask you is, I was yeah. also reading in the article that they BlackRock has registered a, a corporation entity called iShare Ethereum Trust. Yep. Now, this is owned by BlackRock. And if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, essentially what it does, it follows the trend of Ethereum. That's right. Correct. And if I'm also not mistaken, they have thousands of these iShares where they follow different ETFs, different uh, things coming. out there, right? Can yeah. you can you can you kind of break that down? What's the thought yeah. process behind that? So a lot of people that have followed Grayscale, right? Um, and Grayscale has been a seemingly linked to crypto or understanding, you know, the volatility of crypto. But Grayscale is a trust, all right? And so with that same thought process, you got iShare came in, and it's 
it's essentially almost like an index. So now you're getting some indexing qualities for the actual behaviors of various different tokens and coins. And so I can directly follow the behavior of it, but maybe I'm shielded, right? Or I have some actual protection or some floors, ground level floors that protect me from actually the losses that I would incur in just a standard investment. And the trust is openly, um, it's openly managed. And the fact that it's a trust, there are deeper laws and more uh, consumer protection. A hundred percent. So, yeah, I mean, that that kind of explains why we've seen a surge in the crypto assets recently. Um, again, BlackRock, the the biggest asset man management company out there in the world, Crazy. over $10 trillion, which $10 trillion. is... They hit 10. See, I was going to say nine, but that's how quick it happens. That's that's this year. Yeah. Over a trillion it's, assets I mean, gained this year. That's crazy. It's that's absolutely crazy. insane. So obviously, if the top dog is moving one way, everybody else is going to follow them, right? Yep. yep. Um, man, it's, it's absolutely crazy. So again, Ethereum is sitting around, I think, around $2,000 right now as it's recording. Bitcoin yep. sitting just above $36,000. Yep. Um, for one whole Bitcoin. So just some interesting things to, to start thinking about um, and really to educate yourself on what's going on in the crypto market. I think that if people are interested in trying to get or have heard a lot about the crypto market, I mean, obviously, cryptocurrency has been a while for quite some time, Bitcoin being the most famous. This would be a time or this would be something you want to investigate um, to kind of sure up your bet a little bit. If you weren't open to putting your money into stuff because you're like it's it's phantom money right phantom process or whatever although the blockchain actually makes things more um uh, more security um uh, encrypted and things like that but no if you were thinking that you wanted to jump into this space but you haven't had the opportunity to do it and you were just kind of waiting now would be a great time to start investigating and getting you know moving in that in that area mm -hmm. with the back end of blackrock a hundred percent and speaking about spending, um, <laughs> holidays, Man. great time of the year, right? Um, no, seriously, though. I mean, the holidays is a great time, family, whatnot. Uh, but, you know, something that we want to speak about today is how to avoid big holiday spending traps. So there's an article that recently came out, and they kind of broke down in three different sections how consumers can kind of watch out and avoid these uh, big holiday spending traps that a lot of people jump into without even knowing. So um, the first thing we're going to jump right into it. The first thing that they spoke about is plan early and plan often. So there was a um, there was a report that went out that said consumers expect to spend an average of a little over $1,500 during the season, the holiday season. Um, specifically, consumers have allocated about $786 to spend on gifts, about $500 to spend on travel, and about $200 to spend on entertainment. Now, this survey was conducted by around 4,000 people. So it's kind of, obviously, it's not everybody in America. So it's kind of hard to, to think of, have these people started budgeting for their right. spending? Um, you know, and there's obviously some different variables in there, but I thought it was interesting. The $1,500 on holiday spending. What do you think? Do you think that's, that's about fair at first? I was like, I think that's kind of low, 
Because if you slow. think five hundred dollars on a travel, I, I mean, I mean, so here's something that you got to think about in a total aspect, right? Of, and this is this is like macroeconomics, right? This is the whole big international right. scale of things. Flights are actually super cheap right now. I don't know if anybody's looked at flights or anything like that. I just flew out not too long ago. Going to fly out again pretty soon. But flights are very cheap. Why? Because the price of gas has dropped. And so when you see that, you can account or budget kind of, right? This is deeper processing, but you can kind of account for a lower travel cost. Mm -hmm. So, I, But I still think it's low, but I also think it's the average, right? So they took, yeah. um, they got 4,000. I don't know. Who knows where they took that information from, right? But it could have been from an area that was, you know, Hopefully it was a good mixture, but you never know where they took that information from. I would like to see a larger mm. pool from all over the United States and then kind of take that information because I think most people spend about anywhere from twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars during like minimally. Yeah, you're hundred percent right uh, because I mean travel is so broad that that can be I can it drive is. to Austin sure. that can be travel right, or I can fly to California that could be travel. Exactly, these people families are they single um you know and then a lot of people they don't they don't ever travel for the holidays they got all their exactly. family around them so probably the majority exactly. of that budget is going towards gifts and mm -hmm. then entertainment i thought that was interesting it was like what is that on is that like what are you uh, doing going to movies yeah, what is that what's that going to is that christmas movies christmas cookies yeah. like what is yeah I don't... yeah but interesting um but yeah so that was one of the things is plan early plan often on the whole planning aspect do you have something for the uh, people out there listening yeah so first and foremost i would sit and get an accurate thought process of make a list of the people you're buying gifts for mm. and then actually give budget right or the amount that you're going to max out amount that you're going to spend for each one of those people right and that should correspond to your overall budget that you have for spending in that holiday season Right. And what I mean by that is you got to sit and actually account for how much of your budget goes towards gifts like what this you know article was reading about. Say you're only going to give a quarter of your money that you spend during the holidays on gifts. OK, what what is that number? And then from there, break that down for how much each person gets. That would be the number one goal. I would say actually sit down and write it out, plan out this actual budgeting that you need. Um, for how much you're going to spend total and then how much for each person. Because what ends up happening is, is people will start, they buy gifts. Oh, I forgot such and such. And then it's a last minute or last mm -hmm. second thing. They end up spending more. And so it's like, sit down and be prepared. We're in, I mean, by the time this airs, it'll be like the, the 15th or the 16th. Um, and when you're sitting here now a month and a half out, plan it now. Black Friday's coming up. Mm -hmm. And actually sit and see what the prices are and see how you can take advantage of your dollar and get as much as you can 100%. for your dollar versus trying to shop two weeks before Christmas. A hundred percent. No, I, I agree. And I think definitely having an understanding of what you're going to purchase, right? Not going into Black Friday like, okay, let me just see what I can buy today. But maybe being a little bit more intentional. If there's something that you really sure. need or want, whatever the case is, um, go after that specific thing, right? That's what I would say. Uh, okay. Be a little bit more strategic about how, you know, you're allocating your dollars. And you said something really interesting that leads me into the second point, which is leave room for holiday surprises, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
not all holiday spending goes to plan. Like you said, you may buy a gift and I know we got Amazon now, but maybe you have to manually ship the box to the person. And we all know shipping costs can be a lot. So last minute gifts, higher utility bills, shipping costs, extra food purchases, right? We we're making the yams and we need to get some more sweet potatoes and whatnot. Uh, you know, just additional costs that doesn't, you know, that we don't, you know, necessarily plan for is something else that you definitely want to uh, watch out for the holiday utility bills. I didn't even necessarily think about that. Like it's, it's cold. You probably got the heater on, you got people at the house, you got all the lights running and whatnot. We're not, I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily saying for you to be frugal, but we just want you to be aware of, you know, your spending and, you know, these things that are going on as well. Yeah. How do you utility bill is probably something that most people don't even think about, right? Because your lights, you're like, what are you talking about? Well, obviously your electricity bill is going to be increased mm -hmm. because your lights. You're like, what? Well, yeah, you're leaving lights on that you usually wouldn't have. And then I want you to understand something too. I was looking into something when I read this. Um, I know here in California, I read that the actual cost per kilowatt, right, which is the actual unit mm -hmm. that they measure your electricity in, they increase it during the holidays. Mm -hmm. And so your daytime and and it's not even daytime, right? Because most people, the lights aren't on during the daytime. They increase it during the night. Mm -hmm. And so they actually charge people more based upon them running their Christmas lights. It's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. And how people were discovering that and how it's a whole thing. PG&E is a whole different story out here. But um, yeah, utility bills, right? And then on top of that, your heating. Think about your heating. You're going to have, if you're having people over, right, there may be additional bodies in, in you know additional rooms that usually you wouldn't have to heat right so now there's increased costs on ear propane increased costs on butane however you're heating your house natural gas whatever um and so this is the full amount of things and stuff that people probably don't even think about chris what about food costs mm -hmm. that may not be a utility but what if additional people show up at your house that sure. you didn't account for yeah yeah Hundred percent. Those friends giving, you know, cooking for everybody and whatnot. Um, again, I'm I'm not preaching for people to be frugal and not enjoy the holidays, but I, these are like very valid things to like look at, right? Especially the shipping costs, utility bills, and whatnot. Those are things we're just like, ah, we just just pay for it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, are you are you frugal? Would you say that you're frugal? I am definitely frugal. I'm definitely. I'm frugal. frugal. I yeah, think both I, of us are frugal. That's why I'm hey, laughing. I'm not gonna lie, bro. There's only one person that gets a gift in my house. <laughs> that's the that's the that's your that's your wife, right? That's the wife. That's all this. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I was about to. I'm gonna go ahead and get into it now. I'm, I'm gonna say this: you probably should limit your gift giving, especially like just giving the economy and stuff like that. Be honest with people. Listen. Christmas cards go a long way. It's the thought for me, yeah. honestly, it's the thought that counts. If you send me a Christmas card, I feel special. Yeah. I mean, because most people don't give anything. For sure. And I think a lot of times people try to, um, you know, keep up with the Joneses, as they say, and try to get the biggest gift and all that. Dude, let's be honest. If you're giving stuff to children, they, they'll play with that stuff for a month and they don't give a crap about it in the middle of January. Right. Um, and so it's really like sitting down and being honest with yourself of where mm -hmm. your finances are looking at like macroeconomics of the way the world is working right now. Are you going to get a bonus? Did you not get a bonus? How's life going to be right after Christmas? Christmas, mm. uh, well, for mm. us, as, as Boricuas, it's a month, 
because our Christmas really doesn't end to the middle of January. Right. But most people, it's two weeks, right? Hanukkah, whatever your holidays are, right? It's like two, three weeks. Past those two or three weeks, you have to live a whole, you know, 350 days, 52 days of life in the year. So you got to take it into consideration. Don't start the year off bad. Because if you, if your um, New Year's resolution was to do better in your finances this year, it would suck to start off behind the eight ball because mm-hmm. you didn't plan things properly. So Yeah, and it's tough yeah. because the holidays, that's the ultimate test. You know what I'm saying? Like, it come is. on now, right before the end of the year? With the food, you know. Will, too. Yeah, the, the, the fasting you've been doing, you've been doing on, good. Man, I, and all those cakes, all those pies. You're like, oh, come on, man. Thinking about it right now. <laughs> Look. Man, okay, so one more thing before we end this. You know, speaking about starting the year off wrong and really blowing your holiday budget, you know, they spoke about something in the article that psychologists call the what the hell effect. And yep. basically this effect described how going over budget, otherwise uh, indulging, feels like an all or nothing proposition. So it's kind of like, man, I spent all, I spent damn near all my money. I might as well just keep going. I might as well just max out the cards since I'm over. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, man, it, and it says it, you may think it's a reasonable reason to keep going since you've already quote unquote failed. I've never thought about that. I thought that was pretty genius and like. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I can definitely see how people are like, well, I'm already all in. Might as well keep going. I mean, look at look at the season itself. Um, hope everybody has different reasons for the season. Um, mm-hmm. moving into you know the holiday season, obviously. That's um, but let's say this. Usually uh, universally, to be around your family and to share uh, mm-hmm. the great titans of the year and to share with your family and share love with your family, that's universal, right? And so gifts and things like that, that's not actually the point of the season. And so if you sit and think about it, you know, oh, I'm just going to, I'll just go for broke. I'll just keep going. I mean, that's not even really the point of the whole season. The point is to be present and enjoy your family and, and you know, or enjoy the time with your loved ones, significant other, however, whatever. And so I think that people should stop and really assess the excessiveness because the season itself kind of gives into people being excessive, right? That's what you see. The commercials you start to see is the biggest, the biggest diamond rings, right? The bigger necklaces mm. for your wife, the bigger cars. The, I mean, just sit and watch it. The, the commercials start to push you toward being excessive, you know? And so, you know, um, somebody said one time a saying, you can forsell yourself to being broke, right? So you get stuff that's on sale, but you just keep spending way mm. more money. But it was on sale. It was on sale. And now you spend all your money. So mm. I think people should be honest with themselves. Really. Take a step back this year, assess what you're going to spend, be serious about that. And then you move into the next year on a positive note and you'll feel better about yourself. No, I love that. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, like spending time with the family is the most important thing. Right. Um, The way I look at it is like I I just said I'm frugal and whatnot. I'm probably the my wife is definitely the one that's more about the holidays and she loves it. And I love that she loves it. Right. But I'm like, yo, whatever you're going to spend on me, let's just buy stuff for other folks that actually need it. Or like, right. I don't need, I don't need nothing, man. Like I got everything I need. Right. So, but anyways, these are things that you can definitely think about, right. Sit with yourself. Like, yo, do I really need the newest, the latest? Because guess what? Christmas is going to come next year all over again. 
and again and again. The holidays is always going to be here. You may not always be here, though. Yeah. So, and I think the focus and be present with your family is the most important thing. Um, with that being said, anything else before we had here, bro? No, I would tell people that, um, you know, if you heard this information and whether it would be the spot ETF with Black Brock or the actual holiday idea, and you said, dang, I never thought about the utilities. If this information has touched you in any type of way, please share it with a person. You know, one, just one person. Now, if you're nice and you're really out there like that, share it with three. Right. But if this information is here, and you know, someone could use this information. Make sure to share it, guys. Uh, Wealth Wednesday, we're actually here for you guys. We sit and we talk about it. We're here focusing on you guys. I want to make sure that we're providing value to you. So that's it. That's it. Well said. With that being said, it's the like most family. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace, guys.